Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. If this is something you want to do, you know, hunting, being outdoors and active, if that's what you want to do, you'll find a way to do it. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. It's kind of a pain when I go to the airport, um, but uh, yeah, it, or when I travel because I have like a whole suitcase full of legs, but um, you know, they felt, felt very similar to what I was like to run with when I had, you know, meat legs. I lost my legs to a disease called charcoal Marie tooth. Uh, which is a uh, progressive genetic disorder. It went through, you know, suicidal thoughts and, and basically, you know, some depression. But um, really, the whole motivation of getting out and hunting um, just kind of kept me going. And so I let that out, and that bullet just ripped right back at me. And, and I'll tell you what, that whole mindset of my feet and prosthetics and how far we were from the you know, from the vehicles and the road and whatnot, just like went completely out the window. Just started hiking and I just looked down and my prosthetics were like bent in half and they're carbon fiber. And so something's got to give. Like I said, a normal guy, instead of put, you know, some people put on contacts in the morning, I just throw on my legs. So this is Sydney Smith and you're listening to Living Country in the City, episode 23. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining me for episode 23 of Living Country in the City. Now, back when I released episode 16 with Zach Griffith, I had someone reach out to me on Instagram, really just with some kind words about the podcast in that episode. And, you know, so I naturally checked out his profile and I immediately knew that I had to get him on the podcast. Now, living in the city, I encounter a lot of challenges when it comes to living an outdoor lifestyle, and it's really easy to make up excuses as to why I can't do something, and you know, I know a lot of y'all feel the same way. Now, this guy who reached out to me, Sidney Smith, is, well, there's no other way to put it, just a, a stone-cold badass, and he is the perfect person to talk about destroying excuses and overcoming obstacles 
but I'll let him to be the one to explain why. Sydney, thank you so much. I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with me. Thank you. It's glad to be here. It's excited. Finally got to this day. So um, I always like to start out, as you know, um, kind of just with an introduction about yourself, you, maybe your history with hunting and the outdoors, and then, you know, kind of what you got going on now. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in a family of hunting, um, you know, back in the day when it was uh, camo wasn't really a thing. We wore last <laughs> year's pair of Nikes or Air Jordans um, and a pair of jeans and we slept in a bed of a truck. Um, I admit it, I was one of those guys that we would drive around in a truck or um, sometimes we'd take the horses, do that and when hunting that way. I'm from Utah. I uh, grew up in Provo, hunted, most of my family's from Southern Utah, uh, hunted a lot down there. Uh, we come from, mostly we hunted mule deer, uh, and elk wasn't really big when I was younger, uh, as it is now, but then we started putting in for the trophy units and, um, then got into the spike hunting and now, now, uh, kind of hunted, you know, as much as I can and anywhere I can put in any states I can to get to that, uh, that addiction, but it's kind of my hunting background. You know, I love, love, love the big game upland game. Uh, but, uh, I do live for elk hunting and deer hunting. Uh, my second passion for in the outdoors is, uh, ice fishing. Uh, that is, I don't know why, you know, it is because it's so cold, but, um, <laughs> partially because my feet don't get cold and that's, uh, because I am a double amputee, I am missing uh, both my legs below, below the knee, and um, you know, just kind of doing all these outdoor stuff as best best as I can. Um, I love to do triathlons, um, uh, particularly training in for the Ironman. Um, have a wife and kids, um, three three kids, and one on the way. Well, well, congratulations, uh, boy boy or a girl. Uh, the new one is going to be a girl. So that's three girls. So I, I lucked out with a boy, which was the first one. And, you know, which made the stress of all the other three girls, not as bad, but, uh, <laughs> it come to find out. I, I love the girls too. They're, they're just as sweet. So, so are they gonna, are they gonna grow up to be a little hunting partners as well as the boy or what do you, uh, what are their the feelings on one, it? No, the second one, no. Like I took her coyote hunting and she was just terrified. She thought she was going to get eaten. And somebody at school told her that coyotes like pink and that's her favorite color. <laughs> and yeah, I know it's totally random. It, it, it bothered her for days. Like she came and slept in our room and it's like she hated it. So she's, she's kind of a girly girl. She's into dancing and Barbies and but the my other girl is she she loves outdoors. She's just game for anything. So well, there you go. Start uh when when can you start putting in for points for them? <laughs> uh, I know, as soon as I can. I tell you what cuz uh, Utah does pretty good as far as uh giving opportunities to for youth to draw certain tags, so That's, that's one thing looking. that's super exciting. Like, you know, my folks were never opposed to hunting, but it just wasn't really a part of our life. You know, I grew up in a suburb in Southern California. Uh, you know, I had an awesome time. We'd go out and you know, we'd go camping and fishing, but it just, you know, it wasn't really a, a big thing in my family. And I look back and I'm like, oh man, this stuff, you know, where would I be now if I, 
if I had been able to do that. Now, you know, I don't regret a thing about my childhood, but uh, except for maybe I wish my dad had known to put in for points for me here in California because uh, a nice Thule elk count would be pretty sick. But Oh, I bet. Those things look awesome. No, I I went on a uh, a mission for two years, and I thought my dad put me in for two years. So I am like two years behind on points, and now I, I blame him if I don't draw anything. <laughs> <laughs> I should be at max points now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. So yeah. So as of course you mentioned, uh, you are a double amputee, and I can imagine. Being in the outdoors, uh, doing these triathlons, you face uh, a, a variety of challenges that that necessarily uh, myself or or someone else may or may not face uh, getting into the outdoors. What would you say? What What would you say is your biggest challenge you face uh, when you're when you're in the outdoors as a as an amputee? Um. It it's getting it's one of those things. Any challenge, not just physically, uh, but in any aspect, whether it be, you know, things at home or or mental or you know, you know, or other physical things. That if you make a challenge uh, as your focus to be your strength, then pretty soon that challenge will become your strength. Um, and so for me. Obviously, being a double amputee in the knees or below the knees, walking, hiking, um, getting out there was tough. Confidence was probably the big thing uh, just because, you know, it take, took time to get used to prosthetics. It was very painful. Um, you know, the whole, you know, I'm, I've only been an amputee for uh, almost this November or I'll be a double amputee for two years. Um, and so... It, there's a lot to being, you know, with limb loss as far as phantom pain, um, the the shape of your limb will change, fluctuates based on, you know, you know almost what your diet is like, what you, how much you're drinking, how hot it is, what you're sweating. And so with all those complications is made, you know, the outdoors um, a challenge. And, and to me, I've always looked at challenges as an opportunity to to make myself better. And it's just made, just been a huge motivation to, um, to life is to, um, take the challenge on. And then, you know, before you know it, you get better at things and, and, uh, your confidence goes up and you're on to the next challenge. Well, I have to say, uh, you know, I had a buddy ask me, Hey, you know, what are you up to tonight? I'm like, Oh, I'm recording a podcast. He's like, Oh, who's the guest? And I showed him your Instagram and I kind of, you know, I was like, Oh, he's a double amputee, and but he's a hunter and a triathlete, and my buddy's like, "Oh, I? so I show him your Instagram, and he's like, "Dang, that guy really gets around more than I do." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does crack me up when I go hunting and I get guys or or triathlons or running, and I get people able-bodied people that are like, "Oh man, I can never do that." I'm like. Don't say that. Don't say that. You can do that. <laughs> of all people to say that to. <laughs> let me uh, let me hear your excuses. You know, that's yeah. I want to hear what your excuses are for not going hunting, and let me shut them down real quick. Oh yeah, no, it, it's funny. I I've had someone say like, oh, you know, I I sprained an ankle or I'm overweight, I'm out of shape. That's my favorite one because it's like. 
dude, you got to start somewhere. You don't work out. You you know, it's one thing or, um, I hear people say they don't have time and I know they have time because I, you know, I could list of all the volunteer stuff I do and things I do outside of work, which I guess we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit later on, but, uh, you just got to learn to make time. So that's one thing. It's, uh, I, I find myself falling into that trap of thinking I don't have enough time for stuff. And recently I've gotten, I've, I've gotten a lot better at cutting out those. I'll still admit I spend entirely too much time playing Candy Crush on my phone, but, uh, I've, for the most part, I've managed to cut out a lot of those little distractions that amount to big, uh, big chunks of time. And I've, I've schooled myself into getting to bed and waking up early to just get things done. And it's when you, like you said, when you stop focusing on those excuses and, and, you know, those challenges and, and figure out a way to turn those into a strength, um, it's really amazing. You know, like I, uh, you know, I've talked with people before and I told them is, you know, I don't really have a place to go shoot my bow. I, I just don't. The nearest range is, is the next city over. And, um, which in, in Los Angeles is really not that far of a drive compared to some places, but, um, you know, and I was getting frustrated and that was, that was a, for me, that was a pretty big challenge. And now it's one of those things to where I've schooled myself. I, I go to bed early, I get rested. I wake up at, you know, four in the morning, I get out there and because of, because I've started doing this, it's, it's really, uh, I've schooled myself to do this in other areas of my life too. And I've, I've really been able to rein in on all, like I said, all these distractions and stuff like that. And it's really, like you said, it's turned what could be a challenge, um, that I could just focus on and use an excuse and it's turned that into a strength and, uh, I get to go out, I get to shoot my bow, I get to be in nature, I get to, um, and it's really, I'm trying to think of the word right now, but, uh, it's, um, it's really bothering me that I can't think of this word, that it's, uh, set me, set me straight basically, but, uh, I cannot, cannot think of the word I'm trying to use right now. No, I, I, I get what you're saying and I agree. I mean, if this is something you want to do, you know, hunting and being outdoors and active, if that's what you want to do, you'll find a way to do it. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. And, you know, I, I'll admit I've had some bad days where I don't really want to go to the gym or work out or, you know, get up an extra hour early to get on the mountain or something like that. But, uh, bottom line, if it's not something you don't want to do, you'll, you'll make up some excuses and you just got to constantly make yourself stronger than your excuses. So now do you have like a specialized prosthetic you use when you're out on the mountain? Um, is it, or is it kind of the same one you use, uh, for your day to day? No. Yeah. I, I have, uh, three sets of legs. Um, so not everyone can say that. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's kind of a pain when I go to the airport. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, or when I travel, cause I have a, like a whole suitcase full of legs, but, um, <laughs> That just in the wrong context. Yeah, <laughs> that could sound a little odd. Uh, but anyway, continue. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, um, 
I got a, a special sponsorship with the company called Amputee Blade Runners, and um, I just had a pair of walking legs, and they did pretty good. Like I, you know, hiked a little bit around, um, you know, to and from work. I couldn't do much, um, and so when I got in touch with them, uh, they got me in set, a set of running legs, which are those big, huge blades, um, carbon fiber for running, and they, you know, they work great. You know, they felt felt very similar to what it was like to run with when I had, you know, meat legs, um, except, <laughs> except that, you know, kind of like Oscar Pistorius. I don't know if, you know, trying to explain it the best I can, but I'm not going to end up killing my wife. So you don't have to plan that. Yeah, there you go. So, um, then I got a pair of biking legs that clip right into my pedals. I can go mountain biking or road biking is my thing right now. Um, and then these legs are walking legs, but they're kind of have an active, twist to them so i could i can jog i can play basketball on them um get around the house hike they have just enough spring that does does a lot but not too much that they can you know take you know where i can fall easily okay and you mentioned swimming um do you use prosthetics with that or no 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 i mean they they make some for people that may want to do some underwater scuba diving. Uh, but for triathlons and Ironmans, they have rules where you can't, you know, for adaptive athletes, you can't have prosthetics for swimming. So I've had to um, retrain myself. I had to get a coach. Uh, I swam in, swam in high school and a little bit in college. So I had to retrain myself how to swim without, without kicking. And so um, um, it's just kind of a different, different approach to swimming. It's a, it's a lot more upper body, I imagine. Yep, upper body. Uh, I had to change the way my body was balanced in the water to be more parallel, um, and had to overcompensate uh, by leaning forward so that way I can cruise through the water faster. Interesting. Okay. Um. So, uh, tell us maybe about uh, some recent hunts. You know, some some kind of challenges uh, in the outdoors that that you've encountered and that you've been able to kind of felt like you, as you said, you've turned into a strength, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I have a couple I maybe want to, you know, that talk about, and I guess where to start maybe is, um, maybe the beginning, you know, uh, I mean, first of all, just to, to maybe for the listeners to know, I, I lost my legs to a disease called charcoal Marie tooth. Uh, which is a uh, progressive genetic disorder um, that uh, basically I was born with a normal body, healthy body when I was a kid. I didn't have any deformities or anything like that. And then as I got older um, in my feet, they started to crumble. Uh, but again, grew up in a family that loved to hunt, still try to get around. I had those big old honking braces um, like Forrest Gump. Uh, <laughs> In fact, in, in school, that's what they uh, – it was right when the movie came out. And so everyone said, run, Sydney, run. <laughs> it got old fast. In fact, they still say it with the prosthetics, so it's like whatever. But anyways, uh, I remember a few hunts where um, like I just – I, you know, I was, didn't have it in me. I had all kinds of uh, arthritis problems. And, and uh, I remember there was a couple times where – um, I could get to the next ridge if I really wanted to, but the pain was just, you know, awful, you know, so bad. Uh, this is prior before um, amputation. So uh, luckily I had a, a brother that uh, helped me out during that hunt. Um, it was during a deer hunt. Um, 
but uh, the I guess where with prosthetics and orthotics, or excuse me, prosthetics um, now um, have basically allowed me to live my life with less pain, which is a lot um, versus uh, what it was before. And um, I know, you know, there's people out there that struggle with pain and they try the best to manage it. But uh, uh, for me, it was like a whole beginning of life. And, uh, and I took, basically took this as a second chance to, to move forward. Um, and it wasn't easy, like, uh, getting to the point where I am now, you know, I, like I said, I had bad days, um, but I tried really hard not to let my bad days turn into a bad week and a bad month. Um, and you know, there were some complications with my feet, uh, during that process, I had, um, uh, some infections and I had to reamputate one of them. I you know, went through you know, suicidal thoughts and, and basically, you know, some depression, but, um, really the whole motivation of getting out and hunting, um, just kind of kept me going and, 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 uh, uh, had a goal when I was in the hospital, they, they were playing the, uh, the Ironman competition. And I was watching that, but anyways, to, to get back to your question, um, the most recent hunt that was probably my big hunt, uh, that I did with, uh, that was kind of was was my first as a double amputee um was this uh, elk hunt that i went on it was here in utah i was over the counter tag and and uh what's nice about utah and i don't think they do this in all states but they do in some states but um they have a disabled hunt that they they do at a certain time um and they also they kind of combine it with the with the, the youth tag and um, it's usually the last two weeks in September, which in Utah is sometimes the peak of the rut for the elk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, amazing. Like, because uh, before we were hunting in mid-October, early October, and we weren't getting anything. And to, to have that opportunity, it, you know, it's amazing. It's almost worth cutting your legs off for. Um, <laughs> oh, <I> tell. gosh. <laughs> but... But yeah, I, uh, I was on, uh, doing the dedicated deer hunt at the time with my bow and it was just about to end the season. And the second to the last day, um, I saw just a monster five by six, um, for an open bowl unit. It's not very often. So I decided I'm going to do this hunt, picked up an over counter tag, chased him for like a week, couldn't get to him. And then I ran into some buddies of mine, um, uh, Mark Stewart and Spencer Merrill, and, um, with a company called extreme hunter and I, they decided, Hey, you know, we know some spots, um, you know, why don't we go check out? And sure enough, we did a couple hunts and, um, one day, uh, it was, they were just bugling. I mean, the rut turned right on, um, the, the terrain was very rocky. And so being it, it was under the train was, you know, so hard for prosthetics. I had a hard time feeling my center of gravity. So I use, I use trekking poles and do everything I can that way. And, and oh, I don't know how far, maybe a couple of miles into it. I was starting to get a little bit worried about hiking with these guys, but I didn't want to, didn't want to sound like a baby. Didn't want to sound like a pansy and be like, no, nah, guys, I can't do this. Um, and they're like, Oh, let's go one more Ridge. And finally we got to this peak and, um, uh, I let out a bugle and, um, you know, before we had one of those, uh, Primo's, you know, bugles that you get at Walmart and it wasn't, wasn't really doing well. And I was really into, uh, 
um, the bugle tube from Phelps game calls just carried the sound really well. And I've been practicing a lot. And so I let that out and that bowl just ripped right back at me. And, and I'll tell you what, that whole mindset of my feet and prosthetics and how far we were from the, you know, from the vehicles and the road and whatnot, just like went completely out the window. So we chased that bowl and um, we got to the point where he just started coming in hot and heavy snorting and everything and uh he got about 33 yards from us um and we popped him and he uh it was awesome he died he expired right in front of us we videotaped it and it was it was it was one of the coolest coolest experiences because you know and first of all those animals are huge yeah um but yeah we got that and and uh you know some people complain because you know, at this point, once you kill a big bull elk in the middle of nowhere, then the work starts. But I was living in it. I was, you know, you know, all about, you know, cutting them up, cording them up and boning them out and throwing them in on the pack. And, um, you know, again, it was it was tough, you know, just just because of the terrain and hiking up and down. But uh, once we got his uh, um, uh, I put the rack on my backpack and then um, put put a quarter in. And uh, what's funny, I didn't realize this, but my prosthetic, the carbon fiber spring that's in them is based on my weight. Oh. And, and I didn't really think about it at the time because it's like you're just in the heat of the moment. And like, holy crap, I just killed this freaking elk and I'm stoked and it's dark and I don't care. And it's cold and it's snowing, but whatever. But anyways, we just started hiking and I just looked down and my prosthetics were like bent in half and they're carbon fiber. And so something's got to give. Um, but, uh, luckily, luckily, um, they didn't break and I was worried that I ruined them or, or something like that. So I called them the designer, uh, that made, made the, the ankle and he said, I would have been fine. Now he said, if I would have packed another 15, 20 pounds, they could have snapped, but. <laughs> and that's but, not exactly something you can, uh, can fix with a zip tie and some duct no. tape necessarily in the backwoods. <laughs> no, there's no super glue. There's no redneck way of, of, uh, fixing that. So, um, yeah, that, that is kind of something that's been like a nightmare. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be dreaming that, you know, I'm out hiking by myself, checking a trail cam or something like that. And I just hear that carbon fiber snap and I pretty much would have to crawl to get back home. But yeah. So, uh, you mentioned, uh, you guys videoed it. Do you have that up posted anywhere? Yeah. Um, so what's, what's awesome about this whole experience that's kind of taken off. Um, we, my two friends, Mark and Spencer, um, started a business, um, called extreme hunter. And, um, we, we use that video. It's on our website, uh, extremehunter.net. And, um, also, uh, you can check the link on my Instagram tag, which is, uh, try underscore no feet. And, um, you can find the link on that. It's going to be on our, uh, extreme hunter YouTube page. Uh, we've done that. Um, we've done some ice fishing ones. Um, uh, we got an elk, uh, bear hunt that we filmed. Um, unfortunately I had to work, so I couldn't make it to that one, but it's, it's just been awesome to, to hunt and film. I know there's a lot of naysayers out there, but 
to be honest, I, this sounds stupid and, and, uh, you know, very proud, but, um, I watch my hunt all the time and I just, it, not just because I feel like, Oh my gosh, I just, you know, I feel like, you know, Superman, but, um, just to relive that whole experience is fun. And so, you know, there's the downside to it. I tried to self fill my turkey hunt. Um, and it turned into a disaster. Like <laughs> I missed out on so many birds because I tried to move the camera and those damn birds, like they have such, they have great eyesight. And so I was unsuccessful this year because I thought it'd be cool to film freaking turkey hunt. It's not <laughs> that easy. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely adds complexity to an already very complex I don't know, sport activity, whatever, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it does really provide such a reward. Like, as you said, you get, you know, one of, one of the coolest experiences of your life and you get to a chance to go back and relive that through more than just maybe one or two photos, but being able to see that, you know, see that hit the elk or whatever it may be, you know, it's, it's got to bring back a, just a flood of feelings and memories. And, uh, but then it, there's also the benefit of you get to share that with other people. And I've, I've said, you know, on a couple of the other podcasts, when, you know, when I'm getting frustrated, when I'm like, how am I sitting there thinking, like, how am I going to learn all this stuff? You know, why am I even bothering? You know, it's like I know only whatever 10% of people are successful each year on elk hunts. So, you know, what's the point of learning all this stuff if I'm probably not going to get one anyway? Or, you know, all this stuff you tell yourself when you're when you're new to this and um, videos like that, you know, I mean, I can't say enough of all, all these guys, you know, Brett Russell, uh, the guys are born and raised outdoors, just everything from the full draw film tour, uh, you know, meat eater. Uh, I just I constantly have these on. And every time I start to get overwhelmed or tired or frustrated, I'll watch something like this and I'm like, you know, there's nothing I can't do, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm super pumped again and I'm like, I can handle oh, yeah. this. And, and, and that's something, you know, yeah, you may be kind of recording for yourself, but by putting it out there, you are uh, encouraging so many more people than you probably even realize. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we ended up submitting the video to our local channel and they have their own TV show called wild air, um, which it's, it's really, it's going to be taken off with some awesome, awesome footage they got going on. But like, I mean, it's not a big town, but I got you know, a lot of people that, you know, approached me like, Holy cow, I just saw your hunt on TV or, or, um, you know, someone on Facebook said they saw the same thing. Uh, but what's really cool is when, you know, like I said, I enjoyed it for myself, but I, I thought it was cool if, when it inspired somebody else. Like, um, for example, you know, there was a gentleman that uh, out in Salt Lake County, which um, it's about three hours from here. And uh, he's also a big hunter, but he's a double amputee. and He's visiting his arms and actually part of his feet, too. But he's missing his arms. He got electrocuted and, um, uh, he's big time hunter. Uh, he's got a special arm that allows him to, to pull the trigger. And, um, 
he kind of stopped hunting. There was some circumstances with where he was hunting. He wouldn't allow him to hunt there. So he kind of lost his motivation. And he saw his video, uh, called me up, got and talked to me and, and we're going hunting this fall together. <laughs> <laughs> so one guy's missing his arms, one guy's missing his legs. So together we're one person. So. There you go. Um, I actually, uh, have you gotten a chance to listen to the podcast I did? I, gosh, I want to say it must, it must be like, yeah. Operation pay it forward. Yeah. 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 I did. That was a really awesome one. They, uh, I really love those guys. They're great guys. Um, but yeah, I just, I always, I almost always think about that story they tell in that episode where, um, they've got, I think he was like a triple amputee. Um, and you know, he'd sit there and he'd, he'd hold his bow and he'd pull it back with his teeth and, um, you know, and, and, uh, they were just talking about how excited he was to be on that hunt and they opened that car door and he like threw himself out and like, you know, tumbled out of the car and they were all like, what just happened? (laughs) Um, I could see that, but yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's so encouraging to see stuff like that and uh people not letting these challenges these disabilities whatever you want to call them uh stop them from doing what they love and you know it's hunting is not an easy thing when no. you know you have you know four fully functional limbs and uh it's it's far from an easy thing then and so adding any extra challenges is just uh it definitely ups the yeah. ante a bit no, but I, it's it it does it I, I love that podcast by the way i mean i i jumped on and followed those guys and you know i think it's cool and really it's i like that they do stuff like that you know and and that's kind of you know it, it's it's really neat. Uh, makes you feel good. Um, you know, I'm excited to take this guy out and, um, and, and to do, do that. And what I tried to explain to him too, I mean, hunting as a disabled person is, is hard. You know, you're, you know, if you're the fact that you want to go is a big step, but those elk, just so you know, these elk, they don't care if you're disabled or not. They, they will run away and, and are just as uh, elusive um, as if you had an able body. So they don't they don't have any sympathy. You don't get any sympathy <laughs> for, for doing that. They don't sacrifice that. But um, yeah, no, I, I I think you know I my experience with uh, extreme hunter in in having that opportunity. I mean, those guys were great, um, and it just kind of made me want to pay it forward. And um, and so I've teamed up with them to um, to maybe find opportunities, not just with, um, soldiers. I mean, although those guys are, you know, we would love to help them too, but anybody really that has a disability where we've kind of wanted to work with, um, hunting partners throughout the world, really, that we've, we've started with connections in, in New Zealand and, and, um, uh, throughout the United States that, um, we're just kind of building a, uh, yellow pages of directory for, for hunters to connect. And then, um, what we can do, what they can do to also pay it forward to some of these, uh, disabled people. That's really exciting. Um, so is that, 
that is that something on you guys have up on Extreme Hunter right now, or is that something that's still uh, kind of in progress? Yeah, we're we're still in progress. Um, as far as that, we're we I mean we've just started things, um, uh, and it's it's taken off as far as we're we're getting our name out there, what we do, what we're about, um, and uh, it should be shortly before we're we're going going forward through that. I mean, we're hunters first, and so this whole business side of things is something we're learning as we get along and and so forth but yeah i you know like i said i'm i'm just excited to, to give someone an opportunity that i was given and and uh to to have that motivation to get out there and and hunt you know it's just a huge you know self-confidence that you can do that and 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 do those things even though they're hard you know like i said hunting is is very hard especially freaking elk so <laughs> bunch of idiot animals walking up the dang side of mountains. Yeah. Uh, and we're and we're the even bigger idiots trying to chase them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mountain carp is what I've heard some people call them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> um so uh so what's your what's your dream hunt, Sydney? Like what is if you know, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the US, any animal any any weapon what what would your dream dream hunt be you know a lot of people are like oh wouldn't you want to go kill a lion or um and like nah not really or it cape buffalo is you know kind of up there a bison i you know i've been putting in for bison a lot or you know a doll sheep or a you know grizzly bear all those things come to mind but this and people might think this is stupid but I would love to hunt the Henry Mountains, you know, or I, I lived down in Lake Powell before I lived in Vernal and the Henry Mountains are honestly Disneyland to deer. Mule deer. <laughs> uh, and to have an opportunity to go after a 200 plus, you know, 200 inch plus deer would be amazing. And that's, and it's funny cause I hunt deer all every year and sometimes I'll get two tags. So um, to say my dream hunt would hunt deer again, uh, it sounds funny, but no, it, those Henry mountains, I mean, it's, it's kind of ruined me for mule deer because I'll see a nice 160, 170, 180 buck on a general season. I'm like, ah, he's okay. But really, I mean, it's just, that's a monster buck, but you go down there and it's there. I mean, they look like they have branches and trees growing out of their heads. So, <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, no, I honestly, I ask, I love asking this question just because it, it, it was the same thing. It gives me inspiration. It gives me hunts to think about. And the answers are always so different. You know, I get, um, I think I've only ever once gotten a, uh, someone that wanted to go, like their dream hunt was hunting like an exotic or, uh, you know, out of the country animal. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's there's no no weird answer to me because if it's doing what you love, you know, if yeah, you may hunt deer every year, but there's a reason, you know, you love hunting deer. So why wouldn't you want to go get a monster <laughs> buck, you know? Um, and I, don't, I think it's in my blood. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about that debate on Muley Freak and Rich Outdoors about um, the mule deer versus elk. And I mean, this bull that I had killed, it was bugling right there in my face. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I may have peed my pants a little bit, <laughs> may have peed a little bit. 
Um, and I still get goosebumps thinking about it, but whenever I see a mule deer, like everything goes slow motion and it's, I can't help it. I think the mule deer picked me versus I picked the mule deer. I don't know what it is. So it's, it's been a dream of mine to have a nice shoulder mount in my, you know, something that I've accomplished, worked on my own, preferably in velvet, but hard horn, I'll take that too. So. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I was actually just having a discussion uh, with someone, you know, I, I, uh, with one of my coworkers. He's uh, he's the one I interviewed in episode two, and we were sitting there talking today, and you know, we were talking about different types of mounts, and you know, I I came up and I'm like, you know, I don't know what I'd want to do because we were talking about uh, how many coolers I'd need to pack out, and you know, sizes and stuff like that, and just to be prepared. And he's like, well, you know, if you want to it depends on how you want to mount it. You know, if you want to bring it home the whole head and we were talking about that and I'm like, if I got anything of, of any reasonable size for my first, for my first elk, it would definitely be, you know, a, a whole head mount at least. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, I have a 450 square foot apartment. I I also have a lot of crap in this apartment. I mount this thing that's going to take up half of my living room. It will it will basically have to be mounted uh you know 3 feet off the floor to have room for the <laughs> the rack and be far enough out. I'm like maybe I can you know put it in this corner though. So the second anybody walks in my apartment that's it's like looking straight at them. It's the first thing they see when they walk in but hey yeah, that's a, a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, it is a decision I will have to make uh, come the end of September. But we'll see, man. It's it's all I can think about these days. It's uh, I've I've got the fever. <laughs> Chasing. It's addicting and it's expensive. Both both addicting and expensive fever. But uh, you'll get there, man. I I mean, I this goes out to anybody that may be disabled, but I mean that I may not be the best. I'm not, I'm, I know for a fact, I'm not the best hunter by any means. Um, but, uh, I do think that the consistency of just getting out there, even if you hike for a little bit, or even if you go out there, you don't see shit works. You're, you're basically getting better at it. More chances, more opportunities you have on the mountain, and, and getting out there and glassing or, or, or even the, I, I feel like listening to podcasts, researching, reading Google earth, all that stuff. Um, it, you're, you're going to get better at hunting. And before you know it, you're, you're going to be more successful. You know, it's funny. I feel like, uh, a lot of the stuff I do, like, you know, I mean, you want to talk about hunting podcasts. I'm, I'm hopping into a, uh, a rather saturated market here, but it's, you know, there's, there's piles of hunting podcasts and, you know, whatever you want to learn about, you know, you can, you can dial in and download and, you know, I mean, of course, uh, you know, the best one is the one you're on now. Uh, I'm absolutely sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, I mean, there's just so many out there and I love just whenever I'm doing anything, like I, I'm, you know, short of going and specifically watching like a hunting video or film, I really don't watch much TV anymore because I've constantly got these podcasts playing. I I couldn't even tell you the last time I listened to like music in the car or on the, 
on a drive somewhere because it's just these podcasts going and going and going. And I've realized it's kind of funny, even when I'm not like super focused and listening, I'm still picking up a lot of this stuff. And because I'll, I'll be talking with someone and, and a topic will come up and, and I'll know the, like, they'll have a question, I'll know the, the answer. And I'm like, where did that come from? And I'm like, Oh wait, I think that was, you know, from the like it's just kind of was floating around in the back of my mind and it's amazing what you can pick up when you're just oh, immersing yeah. yourself in a subject and you know. Oh it's, yeah. It's like well, learning it, a language. It, it there's uh, there's a lot that I've learned from podcasts. I mean, I listen to them mostly when I train because endurance training for the Ironman is I mean, you're constantly, you know, some bike rides are 4, 5, 6 hours. And, um, so I download them, listen to my, put them on my headphones or like I said, I have a little waterproof iPod for swimming. And, um, but like, I picked up things like that. I didn't even realize that I thought I knew or knew stuff. Um, one of them was Corey Jacobson that I actually used on this last elk hunt. He had some advice that I've never tried as far as interrupting a bugling elk to get them in. Yeah. You know, just calling them in on a cow or, or, or something like that, but basically sneak up on them, cow call, they bugle and then you interrupt them. And, and, um, you know, don't, you know, don't know hundred percent for sure if that was the reason why it came up all hot and hot, but, uh, uh, definitely helped. Yeah. I was just, uh, out in Utah for the, um, Black Ovis, Crispy uh, Boots, Corey Jacobson was out. Um, I was just out in Salt Lake a few weeks back, and he gave a presentation, and he was talking about that's his go-to strategy for bugling. And it it's one of those things, it makes absolute sense. It's super yeah. basic, but why it works. I mean, it's like, you know, what, you know, what happens if you, you know, walk into a bar and you know some guy's trying to hit on hit yeah. on this girl and you just say you know look him right in the face and say back the f off she's mine yeah, yeah. he's gonna want to he's gonna come up to you and he's gonna want to pick a fight i mean yeah. it's basically what you're doing with the elk you're just vocally slapping him across the face and calling him a little you know what yeah um so yeah i mean it it makes absolute perfect sense to me why that would work but uh i love it i um uh, uh i've got an episode with Corey coming out in uh gosh i think i don't know whenever i can get it edited because i'm slow but uh <laughs> yeah we talked a little bit about that and um he is just a great person to when you um when you need a complex situation or like topic distilled down into its into its most basic form, you know, to help you understand it. I like I honestly can't think of a better person. Anytime he like explains something or I or I read something on elk101.com, I'm just I'm like, oh, oh, now it's and then all the other places I've learned tried to learn it from kind of piece together. But yeah. No, he's good. I had a chance to hear him at the world's um, championship and I've never heard him call in person. And yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. So, Oh, you were out at, uh, you were out at the ISC show. Yeah. 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 We were there. We were there together and never knew it. 
there, ne- there we go. I could have walked by. We could have. Yeah, <laughs> never knew it. <laughs> I'm I'm really tempted to fly back out uh, mid July because the total arch- archery challenge is going on at Snowbird, and then I know Cam Haynes is doing a run, and Corey's going to be out there, and the uh, and all the mountain ops guys are going to be out there, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like. How many times do I have to fly to Utah in a six-month period before it just starts getting ridiculous? Hey, just spend an extra day and look for the house. I mean, (laughs) that's all you got to do. Hey, if you come out there, I'll be there. Oh, man. You know, you're just making this decision a lot harder now. I'm just going to – I'm going to have to – I don't know. The decision was probably made when I first sah the poster, if we're being completely honest, but (laughs) – Oh, now I just need to find an excuse to get those couple extra vacation days. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but uh, so if uh, people wanted to find you online, uh, you mentioned your Instagram is try underscore no feet, yep. which I love the little double entendre you got going on there. <laughs> I'm assuming that was intentional or maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. If you try, some people are like, well, why would I want to try that? I'm like, well, it, you could look at it that way. Try is short for triathlon. So, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I that gave that gave me a little laugh. I was I was very happy with that <laughs> one. Um, and then uh, we got the extreme hunter. Um, yep. Where can we find that online again? They're they're uh, extremehunter.net or um, extreme dot hunter on Instagram. Um, and then you'll see a link to our YouTube stuff and. We'll get that taken off too. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just a normal guy. Find me on Facebook, Sydney Smith. You know, nothing, nothing. You I mean obviously, if you want to look through pictures, he's the guy that's missing legs. But like I said, a normal guy. Instead of put, you know, some people put on contacts in the morning. I just throw on my legs. So. <laughs> well, you know, I like I said, I do enjoy going through your. Uh, going through your photos and, and seeing that, like I said, it makes me want to work that much harder. Um, we'll make sure to link to all, all your, uh, all uh, those pages on the show notes page, which will be living country in the city.com slash 23 for episode 23. Um, so, you know, before we, uh, before we close it out, um, uh, you know, as as you've probably heard in the in these episodes, I always like to end it maybe with a little bit of advice or encouragement for for a new hunter or somebody like myself from the city who feels intimidated by getting into hunting, uh, feels that it may be a little too much for them. Just any any advice or any encouragement you might have for that uh, that person. Definitely, um, one thing I like about the hunting industry is the people. Um, you know, if you go out there and you're on the mountain, you see somebody and generally they're pretty warm, unless you're in their spot and then that's something different, but, um, <laughs> don't be afraid to ask another hunter. Um, you know, I'm sure there's trolls and out there that are, are, you know, just like in anything, but don't be afraid to ask questions as a new guy. Um, do your research, try something new. Don't go with your gut instinct. Um, but really where a lot of people uh, I think lose hunting is because it's hard that they give up and um, you, you got to look at it this way. You got to make the experience. Uh, 
for me, I make the experience for myself. I probably make it for my kids, for my dad, my brothers. We make it as an experience to do that. Now, you know, sometimes people do that solo. I get that. Um, but it's all about the experience. And sometimes, you know, going and chasing this big mule deer, big elk or whatever you're hunting and you're not successful and you get all down about yourself, I, I think – those big elk and those big deer can get in the way of a good hunt. And, and so you just got to look at it. You're out in an experience. You're enjoying, you know, the beautiful nature that God's given us and his creations. And, um, you know, you're just being there is a huge accomplishment and you need to give yourself that kind of confidence. And, um, and you're not, you know, if you kill something, you know, a 200 inch mule deer on your first deer hunt, and you know, I have to say you're one lucky son of a gun, but <laughs> uh, eventually you'll get success. You you keep pushing, you keep researching, you keep doing out there, you'll get success. And if you don't get it, that's okay. You get it the next year. I guarantee you, every excellent, amazing hunter out there and um, has 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 had tag soup, and so it happens, and that's just how it is. And we all have lives. I have work. I got went through school and there's been some hunts where I only hunted one day. There's some hunts where I didn't even get to go for you know, either financial reasons or, or I got sick or something, you know, something on those lines. So just keep trucking, keep hammering, keep getting out there and, 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 uh, and, um, push forward and you'll, you'll get success eventually. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to come join me on the show. Really appreciate having you on. Um, everybody, go stop by Sydney Social, give him, uh, give him a wave, say hi, um, and uh, thanks again for hopping on the podcast today. Hey, Sam, thank you. It's been a pleasure, and really enjoy your show, and uh, look forward to seeing you taking off on it even more and more. All right, y'all, that'll do it for episode 23. Make sure you check out the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 23. I've got links to all the stuff I talked about with Sydney in the episode. And now I really appreciate all y'all who are tuning in for each and every one of these episodes. Please make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. It's really easy to do. Just search for Living Country in the City on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Also, it only takes a quick minute, but it would mean the world to me if you could leave an honest rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. It does a ton to help the podcast grow, gain legitimacy, and really helps me continue to get more fantastic guests week after week. Plus, you never know when I'll be randomly scanning through the reviews and shooting out some cool swag. So, uh, I am officially heading out to Salt Lake City in mid-July for a Total Archery Challenge in the Cam Haynes Mountain Ops Trail Run. I've been training my butt off for this, and I'm still nervous that I'm going to make a complete fool of myself, uh, so we'll see what happens, but I know a few of you have already reached out to let me know that you'll be up there. If you haven't already, hit me up on social or at info at livingcountryinthecity.com. Let me know you'll be out there. I'd love a chance to meet with y'all and grab a bite to eat or sling some arrows. And now, if y'all have been hearing any booming or banging in the background, that's fireworks going off. I made the mistake of waiting to record this part until the evening of 4th of July. And anyway, I hope you all have been having a great 4th of July, and I'll talk to you again soon. But in the meantime, stay country, y'all. 
Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. That was super weird. It was like, uh, all of a sudden, it just went off a cliff and was like, I was like, what the heck is happening?